We got new boots and I'm so thrilled. They're Tacova's boots. And you know why I'm so excited about getting Tacova's boots and why I was so happy to get mine why? in the mail? Because why? the girlies from Potomac went to the Tacova store in the most recent season of Real Houses of Potomac. And I was like, if Robin and Karen have Tacovas, I want Tacovas. Well, I have a good reason too, because I've been doing a bunch of line dancing and I didn't have any cowboy boots. And so I got my Tacovas. Oh. And let me tell you, the difference it makes to be dancing in cowboy boots. Huge. On the line dancing floor. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So you can really smack the floor and swing around. You need cowboy boots. Yeah, I didn't get cowboy boots. I got Chelsea boots, but they're great. They're brown. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see them. They're just, I like taking them on and off. They're so lovely. They're kind of a beautiful leather. They're beautiful leather. Well, they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. It's true because cowboy boots can be a little bit hard to mm -hmm. break in. Yep. You know? Yep. Mine, I was swinging around, no pain. <laughs> no pain. And Tacova's is Western to their core. They offer a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. They believe in Western for all. And you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you'll be greeted like family. I saw them do it to the girlies from the Real House of Potomac. It seemed like they were being greeted like family. You'll be offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer. And you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. But if you can't make it into a store, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and the most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. You will drive it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And Liz Truss is a who. I'm kidding. I'm not actually <laughs> doing that. <laughs> I have an actual breaking news. She's a bye-bye. She's a bye-bye. She's a not. Nah. Liz Truss is a nah. <laughs> okay. Literally yeah. could not What's pick that news? woman out of a lineup. What's so your news? I'm glad What's she's gone. News? Love Lives. Alex Rodriguez is dating Jacqueline Cordero. Five who? things to know about the fitness what? trainer. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. Listen to this. This is from Us Weekly. Less than one month after calling it quits with Catherine Paget, remember her? Alex Rodriguez no. has moved on with Jacqueline Cordero. Their relationship is fairly new. A source exclusively tells Us Weekly of the former baseball player, 47, and the Canada native, 42. Quote, <laughs> Canada native. <laughs> that's the first descriptor she gets. They're enjoying spending time together. Do you want to know the five things about her that they gave us? Very much. Okay, number one. When were Jacqueline Cordero and Alex Rodriguez first linked? The new couple were first spotted together on Monday, October 17th, literally <laughs> four days ago, <laughs> in Beverly Hills, according to photos obtained by Daily Mail. Okay? Number okay. two, what does Jacqueline Cordero do for a living? Great question. Oh, she's a fitness trainer. Well, a nurse and a fitness model. Uh, uh, uh. She's launched her own JackFit training program because her name is Jacqueline. Okay, number three, number three. Some of these are, these are questions that they're answering. I actually love this format. Number three. Sure, sure. Okay, here, actually, let's turn this into sort of a game. Oh, no. If you were asking another question about Jacqueline Cordero, what would you ask? So it was, how long have they been dating or how long have they known each other? When were they whatever. first linked? And then what does Jacqueline do for a living? And what does she do for a living? I would ask, like, where is she from or something, even though I know she's a Canada native? That's not one of the three remaining questions. Okay, how about, like, like, 
Only absolute freaks would ask these questions. Okay. Well, then I... Well, then, okay. So what you're are you trying to say? No. Does Jacqueline Cordero have kids? No. Oh, my God. I would ask that question, but it wouldn't be till a lot later, I guess. Here we go. The University of Windsor grad is a single mother to two daughters from a previous relationship. How did they get all of these details? Like, the weirdest details about this person. Okay. Four. How did Jacqueline Cordero become a fitness trainer? She told Oxygen Magazine in January, When I ventured into the world of weightlifting, I immediately fell in love. Then she went through nursing school and then decided to enter a bodybuilding competition and then train for other people. Oh, so boring. The I just fifth got question. I was so bored. Yeah. The fifth question is, does Jacqueline Cordero incorporate her daughters into her wellness training? Do you think the answer is yes or no? Why would anyone ask that? I don't know. I'm not us weekly. Yes. Yes, she includes them in her training because she wants them to see the hard work and dedication it takes to achieve goals. I think that last question is reverse engineered. No one would ever ask that question. Yeah, it's based on like basically the only interview she's ever done publicly, which is with Oxygen Magazine. They just reversed the questions. I do like, I feel like that's a very dishonest way of doing the questions. I like when the questions are like things that people would ask, but then they don't have the answers to them. They're like, what we think is da da da. Like what we know, you know, it's it's more authentic when they're like, we actually don't know the answer to this question. That's probably something you would ask. And we're going to put in here. What are her politics? Reasons, but not answer. <laughs> do we have to care about A-Rod's dating history like forever now or something? I think that's the J-Lo effect. I mean, she had already dated a lot of high-profile women. I mean, he but dated, like, like, Mariah Carey and, Mink, yeah. you know, Minka Kelly or whatever. So, like, we did care before J-Lo. But, I mean, I just, I don't really understand why we need to know all these, like, random women's names. Oh, I don't either. I have no idea. A-Rod dating Liz Truss. <laughs> <laughs> that's next. Spotted on October 25th, probably. <laughs> Alex and Liz. Five things to know about Liz Truss. <laughs> They're just going to say, like, the London native instead of the former <laughs> prime minister. <laughs> okay, maybe she's not even from London. Do not call in British no, people. I don't care. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I don't give one single shit where she's from. I don't care. I don't okay, care. you are listening to Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. Let's play some calls because that's what we do here. Hey, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I just called, but I'm calling again because I got it wrong. Um, I just listened to today's episode, this is Friday, and you're talking about Megan and why she has a three but no at symbol, and that's because her name is Megan because she's a model third generative android, or as Allison Williams says in the trailer, Megan for short. Uh, crunch, crunch. I love this caller being like, as if this is real technology. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, she's a mo Sorry, she's a model third generative Okay. Model third generation Android, which Allison Williams does say in the trailer. I overlooked what Allison Williams said in the trailer because I was too busy losing my mind over the line. You're my niece. And then also the dancing. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. If it was just a three instead of an E, it would also be an at sign instead of an A. So I guess it would be like M3 Atkin, you know, but mm -hmm. they said we're just going to have the three. I do love in the trailer at the end, the three becomes a battery uh it's like thing boom, boom boom yeah it's like loading yeah. it's like lo it's like charging you're right it's charging she's charging yeah she's mm -hmm. charging for okay. her next attack okay right. thank you model three generative android megan for short <laughs> thank you timmy for putting in the, the close caption screenshot he's nothing but thorough <laughs> he goes timestamp 51 seconds thank you that's extremely <laughs> helpful <laughs> model three generative android megan for short okay next call okay I 
almost instantly regret making this call, but as soon as you described Rita Ora's boots, I knew exactly what they were because I have been wanting the exact same boots. And I know they're ugly, but they really speak to me. So they're by designer called Ankuta Saka, um, and they do, like, silly shoes, basically. And um, they just did a collaboration with Nike, but even before the collaboration, this thing is kind of <laughs> is kind of slapping on one shoe onto another, and it's, like, mostly making sneakers into sneaky heels, you know, a la 90s Nike heels. So, yeah. Um, that is all crunch crunch. Okay, I lived through the like wedge sneaker era or whatever, which is like kind of arguably back in a way. And like, I don't need this drama. I don't need my sneakers to be have a heel, you know? Wedge sneakers are back? I don't know. I just keep seeing them online. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm like, get away. <laughs> like, no, we did this. Nobody wants this. <laughs> I'm looking through the Antuka Sarka shoe collection on Instagram, and like, they really are all wild. <laughs> all of them yeah, are there you go. crazy Rita's town USA. Fashion, I trust Rita's fashion sense over mine, so I'm not saying like she's wrong. I'm just saying she's wearing shoes that look crazy, you know? Always. Okay, next call. Lindsay Bobby, you 100% have answered the who's in them of temperature because I still quote that when I'm trying to get people to listen to Jill's podcast and I'm like talking about what who's in them's are. I'm like, they did an episode once where they literally talked about the who's in them of setting your oven temperature. Um, I want to go back and find that episode because I'm pretty sure like down to like exact word choices. Y'all use the exact same like words, ideas, and decision that you came to. Um, so if you've got time, I'd love for y'all to play that both segments back to back. Um, I thought it was from so long ago, though, probably several years ago. If you can find it, I'm going to look for it. Um, anyway, I love y'all, and I agree that 350 is the ultimate dem of temperatures and crunch crunch. The thing that really depresses me about this is that we were like, Timmy, research. You have to find the episode where we talked about oven temperatures, and he's like, on it. The problem is I was expecting this to be like many, many years old. It's from June 2021. <laughs> <laughs> we like, I mean, I just want to be very clear. Like we don't have like a system for this. Like if we think it's new, it's new to us. And we try and see if it's old, but we just don't know. And we don't have a system. And like sometimes we it comes up in search, but sometimes it doesn't. Do you want to hear the old segment about uh, about oven temperatures? I mean, it's just, just a quick one to see if we agree with ourselves. Yeah, let's listen to it. I have it right here. They want to know. The only them temp oven temperature is 350. That is correct. Absolutely. Every other oven temp is a who. Is a who. When I put my oven on, when I'm asked to put my oven on 375, I'm like, who? Girly, <laughs> change the recipe. I'm leaving it on 350. Or sometimes you like go up and it's like if I'm reheating something, it's like, do I want it? Do I do 325? Do I want 375? It's like... 350 is right in the middle, baby. Yeah. It's the sweet yeah. spot. And whenever you turn on your oven, it defaults to 350. At least mine does. Yeah. Because no. I have the stupid digital oven. I don't have the... 350 is the only temperature we recognize. That's it. Mm-hmm. We don't recognize anything else. Like whenever you read a recipe that's like roast it, you're never sure if it's going to say roast at 400, 425, or 450. You know? <laughs> yeah. Warm it. I have to turn this off. <laughs> I don't, don't want to. How do y'all listen to us? <laughs> so How do y'all listen to this show okay, three well, times a week? We do agree with ourselves, which I think is yeah, really right. the most important thing is that we we are right. 
at least we're not like the only them temperature is 325, honey. Like, you know, that would be ridiculous if we had changed our minds in the span of 14 months. <laughs> not in a year. Maybe in five years if I had been like, oh, like I barely know how to use an oven and then I learned to cook or something. But this was like literally last year. So nothing has changed. I sent an angry text to a chef who called in and then was like, I'm a professional cook and... If you don't mention 450 or 500 as themy temperatures, neither of you ever cook. And I texted back, this is Bobby, and I cook five nights a week. And then they wrote back, love to hear it, but you should know 350 isn't a them. 500 (laughs) is not a thing my oven even does, babe. So happy for you that you can be a chef and cook at 500. If my oven went to 500, it would blow up, okay? (laughs) I'm not cooking at 500, ass. I go to 500 when I make pizza, and we get the sort of like. Yeah, 500 <laughs> ass. All right, whatever. Not a chef calling in and goes, you obviously don't cook. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> we had a fun back and forth. It's fine. That's nice. So glad you responded. <laughs> hey, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. Um, I just had to pause the pod. Hold on, I'm about to cross an alley, so I'm honking. Okay, uh, because you're talking about Allison Lohman and who the other person that looks like her and Mae Whitman, and you're thinking of Allison Pill. You're definitely thinking of Allison Pill. Um, <laughs> Love White Oleander. Crunch, crunch. Wait, so many people called and were like, Bobby's thinking of Allison Pill. <laughs> and I was like, wait, he actually definitely is if this many people called and then it was actually I was. correct. I was absolutely thinking of Allison Pill. Incredible. My favorite character from the newsroom. Just kidding. My favorite character from the newsroom was Sloan. <laughs> Sloan. <laughs> who was that? Who Olivia? Was, who was Sloan? <laughs> who was Sloan? Olivia Munn, maybe? Olivia Munn. Olivia Munn was Sloan, for sure. Sloan. The economist. I'm an economist. I do not understand a word you're saying. Kenzie. Can we save the scolding Thomas Friedman? Do you mean Paul Krugman? Which one's The Economist? Paul Krugman. Then that's who I meant. Alison Pill, still acting, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just, I'm asking, I don't She's, know. I actually like her. Okay. Yeah. I would <laughs> mix like... up Alison Pill and Alison Lohman 100%. Like, no problem. Easy. The extent of our Alison Pill discourse is, I actually like her, followed by a lengthy silence. <laughs> <laughs> Also, don't look at Alison Lohman's Twitter if you want to have a good time because it's bleak oh, out yeah. there. <laughs> we somehow missed like the very important <laughs> scan of her Twitter, which is like, ooh. <laughs> I didn't scan far enough. I scanned recently and I was like, oh, this isn't interesting. Let's just say upstate New York. I don't think she's hanging out with, uh, with, with um, what's her face. She's not hanging out with Blake Lively. She's playing, She's hanging out with Gabby Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> not That's Zipra, what she's though. hanging out with. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to questions. Y'all, I'm so sorry, but I think we need to talk about Caitlin Covington. She has a New York Times profile. Who the hell is she? Crunch, crunch. We've avoided Caitlin Covington for a very long time. She's like meme territory. Mm Mm-hmm. Because she's Christian Girl Autumn. Like, are we elevating her to who? Like, I don't even think people know Caitlin Covington's name or even... Christian Girl Autumn is so internet-y. That photo is all over the place, though. If any part of your daily life involves being on Twitter, you have 
encountered this woman and her coffee and changing foliage behind her. I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's, like, one image macro. Like, she hasn't grown from there. She hasn't done anything else. She just goes back to Vermont every year to, like, take her pick. All she is is a lifestyle blogger, an Instagram influencer. You you put this here because you thought it was interesting, like, that she says exactly how much money she makes. Like, yes. that is interesting. But yes. I don't think there's anything else here that's interesting at all about her that is, like, I don't think she's going to, like, become a them. I don't even think she's maybe, like, necessarily a who, you know? No, no. And even whenever you read the profile, I put this quote in here because it's so funny. I'm literally as basic as people think I am. Like pumpkin spice, fall leaves, cardigan sweaters, blanket scarves. She's like, I'm not giving you anything else. (laughs) I'm giving you exactly what you expect from me. And this is it. No, she's like, this is exactly who I am. Which is incredible because the person who originally posted the meme, like, they got her. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, does not get enough credit for this because they're the ones that, like, created the narrative, you know? Exactly. And she's leaned into it and now she's making money for it. And I cannot get over the fact that she tells the New York Times, again, this is the second time we've mentioned a Madison Malone Kersher story in the past few weeks. She profiled her for this and it chronicles her trip from, where is she from, North Carolina? Yeah. Let me read the part with the money. Yeah, okay, great. During her week in Vermont, she shared two sponsored posts, one for Saks Off Fifth, which featured Ms. Covington wearing an outfit she purchased at the discount department store, and an ad for a designer handbag rental company. In that post, Ms. Covington is seating on a park bench, sipping a coffee with Chanel crossbody bag resting in her lap. Ms. Covington said she was paid $10,000 to $15,000 for each of these posts. I think that that is so revealing. And it's like, oh yeah, this is again why people do this, because they post an Instagram story and they get $10,000. And if you do that enough, like, oh, my God, you do that at once. And it's like, oh, my God. Well, later she says that the trip costs like six grand. So you think about Mm -hmm. it like her profit from this is significant. So it has to be, you know, like to go to Vermont or whatever and like put up her like photographer brother and her like whoever her mom is probably there, her husband or like whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. is this really interesting or is this just like us being like fascinated by the mechanics of, of influencers? I think it's only interesting as an insight into the mechanics of influencing. I think that's okay. really cool. And I appreciate the okay. fact that she was willing to be so transparent about how this works. But I don't think mm-hmm. she's a who. I think she is still a nah. Okay. Fun profile. Good. I'm glad she did this. Moving on. Hi, Who Weekly. I just sighed a big sigh of relief because Imrata was just pictured with a guy who is not Brad Pitt, and I'm really hoping that, once again, those Brad Pitt rumors were fake. And if possible, I would like to know more about this new mystery man she was pictured with. Okay, thanks, Crunch Crunch. Here's my question for you. This caller is assuming that because Emrata has been spotted with this guy, that means that she didn't date Brad Pitt. I would argue that that's... She probably did date Brad Pitt, but now she's with another guy, right? Like, that doesn't negate that, right? We talked about that a little bit on Patreon because it's sort of like I breathed the same sigh of relief when she was asked about the Brad Pitt romance and was just like, I'm single. I'm like happily single right now. Well, now she's not happily single, but dating Brad Pitt is not a good look. Maybe she still is single, though. Like, she's like dating around she's like dating people right like there's no like marriage proposals from anyone happening here you know that's true the only thing we know for sure is that she's not dating sebastian bear mcclaird like i don't really care that she was seen kissing this dj but what is interesting about this is it kind of is 
it's interesting against the tabloid stories for weeks about her secretly seeing Brad Pitt. Yes. And this seems like she's trying to definitively distance herself from the Brad Pitt rumors by palling around with some random guy simply because this random guy is not Brad Pitt. And all that time, too, they never got one photo of them together. Same with Leonardo DiCaprio and Gigi Hadid. So you just kind of wonder, like, you believe those sources because there's so many of them. But you're also kind of like, picks or it didn't happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, we have picks. You know how we were talking about Dua Lipa and Trevor Noah, like, being spotted on a date. And then Mm -hmm. she was like, I'm single. It's like, people really just don't. And sometimes we're victim to this as well. It's Mm -hmm. like... People don't know the difference between like dating somebody, like in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. or like seeing somebody like, hey, we're mm-hmm. going on a date. Hey, we were set up. Hey, we're like da da da. Like you can date somebody twice and never see them again. I am. <laughs> I know this for a fact. <laughs> I have experiences before. <laughs> it, no, it, no, but it's it's true. Even if you're famous. Yeah. Especially if you're famous. Right. Especially if you're famous. Right. Because there so are more this, eyes on you. Who knows what this is, what this is, but what I did love about it was that he was a mystery man, very quickly turned not mystery man. He was just like a random hunk that she was smooching and like riding his motorcycle and that was nice. And then finally, like it took four minutes for them to be like, his name is Orazio Rispo and he's a DJ and he's 35 and he's the son of a luxury New York property baron. So he's like presumably quite wealthy. What I like is that he's a New York guy and she's a New York girl. They're both from Mm -hmm. the city. Yes. Nice. So he's a house DJ. He is a New York City guy. I was watching one of his sets and he was wearing a shirt that said, fuck it. I guess I'm a democratic socialist. I was like, okay, King, go off. We know Emrata is political. She loves it. She loves politics. Uh She's also in that realm, I think. Thank you to Gawker for pointing out that he's best friends with Nick Kroll's wife, Lily Lily Kwong. Who mm-hmm. we've talked about in an episode before, who has one of the coolest jobs. She's like, Who's like a, a brilliant scientist landscape. botanist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> She's yeah. like a brilliant botanist who turned into a landscape right. artist. <laughs> so they're like old, old, old pals, like dear friends. Like there are so many photos of them together and they're like, mm-hmm. they go way back, which is nice. Who was also, never forget, Lily Kwong is the sister of Charlie XCX's ex boyfriend, Huck. <laughs> never forget. Small I world. Haven't. Small world. No, and like now I love that Nick Kroll gets to hang out with Emrata or something. I mean, it's just funny Probably. how Nick Kroll keeps getting like ha- has to hang out with like all these, you know, his wife's friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if you or Timmy wrote this, but I just love comes from wealth is is the editorializing Thank that's you. here. His dad, Giampiero Rispo, is CEO and president of Domus Realty, which was, which he founded in eight, 1986. Oh, good year. The company is a residential brokerage firm that has been connecting a discerning clientele with the best luxury real estate in New York City for nearly three decades. I've watched okay. enough selling sunsets to know that they're getting big commissions. Okay. Sure. And that's his dad. Yeah, that's the dad. He is a DJ. <laughs> He is a DJ, but he's also the chief strategy officer of a company called Sprocket. What is that? It's dedicated to positive transformation, whether it is the transformation of an individual institution or a system or a community. So okay. I uh, I don't so understand don't what this website does, what okay. this company is, but he's the CSO. I do love that. Um, oh, my God. News, what? Who's the CEO of this company? Joe Kwong. Oh, that's funny. Lily Kwong's brother. Father, I think, I believe. Father. Oh, oh, father. Right. Yeah. Her brother's Huck. Okay, wow, small world. All right. 
listen, I do love that E! Online rushed to print with this headline. Here's where Brad Pitt and Emily Ratajkowski stand after her date night with Orazio Rispo. They're like, what about Brad? What about Brad? <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the sources say they were never exclusive or really even dating. So it's like, what? <laughs> like, was this what was this just like a national really fantasy? Dating. So they weren't even really dating. You're saying they fucked once, right? Or something. That's, I mean, my guess is that they had they one moment, once. either either they fucked once or they were seen in public once. They were seen in public. I, I think they must have been because too many independent sources were like, they're together. And it seems like they like met up. I think Emrata was like, I'm going to fuck Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> After I divorce my husband, I'm going to fuck Brad Pitt. And then I think she yes. did. Yes. Good for her. Okay. Um, let's move on. Brad Pitt and Emily Ratajkowski dating rumors. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Who said stay tuned? What is this quote from? There's a page six headline that says Brad Pitt and Emily Ratajkowski dating rumors. Quote, stay tuned. And this was from the end of September. So like, I'm telling you, they, they always knew this whole time that it was literally nothing. And they've just been dragging it out until she was spotted with a new guy or he was spotted with a new girl. This is a Hollywood insider who tells them cryptically, I'm quoting page six, quote, stay tuned. <laughs> Just Stay tuned. Stay tuned. I was in Florida this past weekend, and guess what was the talk of the town? Your mom's aura frame? The aura frame. The aura frame kept, it was scrolling through every photo. I was like, oh, oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. Oh, there... I'm like, where'd they get that photo? There's always a photo where I'm like, where'd they get that photo? How'd they get that photo? I don't know where my mom gets the gifts that she sends me. Like when she sends me a text gift, I'm like, where did you find that? And sometimes I look at her aura frame and I'm like, where did you download this? No, I'm like, where did you get this photo from? Whose Instagram did you steal this photo off of? You know? They love to steal from, and they love to just screenshot and not crop. Yeah. So it'll just oh. be like a cropped iPhone it'll just be photo a full that's Instagram. on the aura frame. Exactly. With it. comments and everything. It'll just be on, <laughs> it'll be zoomed in sometimes. So it's extra blurry. But you know what? That's how easy it is to get the photos on the aura frame because my parents can figure out how to do it. Do they do yes. it well? No. But do they do it? Yes. And the other thing that's great about aura frames, when you give them to your mom, your mother, a mother in your life, a mother mm -hmm. figure, it's a great Mother's Day gift, whoever the mother in your life is. You can connect it to your oh, yeah. Aura app and, and you, you can, can just photos. send them photos. You right. can, if they approve it, you can just put photos and kind of troll them and have fun and put random photos. I do it to Lindsay sometimes. Yeah, he does. Um, you can do it to your mom. My mom gave me access because she likes putting you gotta be careful. My photos. You got to be a little careful with that, but you, you, should, you could do it, but you should do it. You got to be a little bit careful. But <laughs> Aura frames it. are Wi-Fi connected and they come with unlimited storage because it's all in the cloud. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful, it's not another sweater. She'll love that an Aura frame means she gets to see more of you. So right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code WHO at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, might? Uh, 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 uh. You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's, everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. 
But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby, we'd love to hear your thoughts on James Corden being banned from NYC restaurant Balthazar, uh, apparently for a couple of terrible experiences involving omelets. Uh, we'd love to, to know uh, what you think about this, and I really am taking this example of him in the news, uh, as it were, to know, is James Corden a them? He seems incredibly popular, incredibly successful in a lot of different ways, but for my money has no them-y behavior whatsoever. So is he is he a them? I think probably yes, but I just don't want to admit it. Um, short time, short time, so I don't even know what crunch crunch means, but I have to follow along and say crunch crunch. Thanks. Thank you for saying crunch crunch, even though you don't know what it means. It's fine. Maybe you'll learn. Maybe you won't. Maybe you won't. Does it matter if you do? Will you have any clarity when you learn? No, no. but it's fine. No, no. Okay. Before we even get into this question, which is a good one, what happened? Give the rundown, please. What happened? So Keith McNally, who is a noted fashion photographer, noted NYC <laughs> restaurateur. Who he himself is a chaotic man. He has a very active Instagram. He posts the manager's emails being like, hey, Keith, like today we served like 12 octopus and one lady fell. And like somebody like said, ah, and like somebody brought a dog in and we said, go. Away. Like it's like the rundown of what happened that night. It's yes. very... Weird and specific and weirdly charming, even though Keith is generally not a charming guy. He calls them like manager's reports and he posts them all the time. They're literally his managers writing him an email at the end of the night telling him what happened at the restaurant that day. Yeah. And I don't know that they're daily, but they're frequent. And so (laughs) he posts about his restaurants all the time. His Instagram presence is very weird. It's all over the place. Have you been to Balthazar ever? I've been to Balthazar exactly once. I ate there alone because I'd always wanted to go. It was like right before the pandemic. It's kind of overrated, isn't it? Balthazar is mid at best. It is. It's kind of mid. Balthazar is mid at best. I sat at the bar because it was crowded. I ordered an omelet that was like $20 and a coffee that they just kept refilling. And I sat at the bar. I sat there for like an hour and a half and I like read a book and I thought it was lovely. And you liked it. And it was really expensive, but I sat there for a long time, so I felt like I got my money's worth. The food was totally fine. Have the VIP list girls done Balthazar? Yeah, Lindsay, I played the clip. They said, Balthazar oh. is mid at best. Oh, it's literally, <laughs> that's from, that's <laughs> If you're going to spend $60 on a steak au poivre, it better be cooked to perfection. Yeah. Steak au poivre. 
on Steak Au Poivre. Yeah, you didn't know that? They also called The Smith the worst restaurant in New York City. No, that's I, like, not. They're amazing. It, that's not true, but they're not far off. So whatever, it's fine. The Smith is the worst restaurant in New York City. Okay, Balthazar is mid at best. So to explain Balthazar, it is a extremely trendy French bistro that is in the middle of Soho. Yeah, it's just like trendy. It's yeah. trendy. It's always crowded. It's beautiful on the inside. The food is, according to some people, mid at best. According to some people, like a friend of ours was like, that's the whole point of Balthazar. It's not supposed to be amazing. It's the vibe. Yeah, like the food is like not even the main thing. It's the location. It's the vibe. It's the, it's like, the potential being... to see celebrities. Yeah, it's like me walking by on the street and seeing Michelle Collins sitting there and being like, oh, there's Michelle Collins. Remember that? I was with yes. you, I think. Yes. <laughs> okay, so here's what Keith McNally, who owns Mineta Tavern, another trendy restaurant. Great burger, Pastis, Great another burger, trendy restaurant. Yeah, overrated. The yes. Pastis, shockingly not overrated. And you can always get a table there, which is really nice. Sorry, I'm just going to go tell you what I think about each of these restaurants. I went there for the first time with you recently, and we just yeah, had a you... Niçoise salad outside. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. Okay, what else? So that's why he's famous. He's been around in New York for a very, very long time. Okay, so he goes on Instagram and he posts, you have to understand, he posted the blurriest, ugliest, dirtiest photo. Like the photo of James Corden. Oh my God, so dirty. The photo of James Corden is very clearly, he took a photo of his laptop screen. This is like a dirty laptop screen photo. But it's rude. It's not a nice photo. It's like, it looks like it's been photocopied. It's just covered in grime. Yes. And he says, I have to read the whole thing. James Corden is a hugely gifted comedian, comma, but a tiny cretin of a man and the (laughs) most abusive customer to my Balthazar server since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. I don't often 86 a customer. Today, I 86 Corden. It did not make me laugh. Here are two examples of the funny man's treatment of my staff. Number two is the one that everyone like latched onto for good reason. Number two, James Corden was at Balthazar with his wife on October 9th for brunch. This is this is recent, so this is why he did it. He asked for a table outside. Brunch maitre d' Ali Walters took the party to table 301. Mr. Corden's wife ordered an egg yolk omelet, which is so gross, with Gruyere cheese and salad. A few minutes after they received the food, James called their server, MK, and told her there was a little bit of egg white in Mixed in with the egg yolk. MK informed the floor manager, G. The kitchen remade the dish, but unfortunately sent it with home fries instead of a salad. That's when James Corden began yelling like crazy to the server. You can't do your job. You can't do your job. Maybe I should go into the kitchen and cook the omelet myself. MK was very apologetic and brought G over to the table. He returned the dish, and after that, everything was fine. He gave them promo champagne glasses to smooth things out. G said Corden was pleasant to him, but nasty to the server. MK was very shaken, but professional that she is, continued to finish her shift. That's crazy. Egg well, there was... yolk omelet. <laughs> but listen, it's so funny that it was an egg yolk om- Who's getting an egg yolk, egg white omelet I've heard of? Egg yolk omelet? I've never All heard of yolks? that in my life. Your I've never heard of it in my life. cholesterol was probably through the roof. Well, there's a whole thing about dietary cholesterol, Lindsay. It's a myth. Haven't you read a Nora Ephron essay? Ugh. <laughs> Nora Ephron on egg yolks and cholesterol, please. <laughs> I'm never cutting the yolks out of anything. Literally, like, 24 hours later, this cycle was so short. And I got to say, it shows how much people don't like James Corden because I think this was so much bigger than it really should have been because mm-hmm. people were, like, not already kind of, like, bleh about James Corden. So, like, 24 hours later, we get Keith McNally posts a new photo of James, a lot more flattering, though equally shitty, but a lot more flattering of photo, which I love. So now you have these photos back to back. And he writes... James Corden just called me and apologized profusely. Having fucked up myself more than most people, I strongly believe in second chances. So if James Corden lets me host his late, late show for nine months, I'll immediately rescind his ban from Balazar. No, of course not. But anyone magnanimous enough to apologize to a deadbeat layabout like me and my staff doesn't deserve to be banned from anywhere, especially Balazar. So 
come back to the five and dime. Jimmy Corden, all is forgiven, XX. I gotta say, behind the scenes, something really dark happened, I think, with James Corden and Keith McNally. Yes, but, I mean, Keith McNally is known to forgive people. He has an entire post. He has an entire post from, like, two weeks ago about how good Roman Polanski's latest movie is. But the post literally begins with details about Roman Polanski's sexual assault. So it's like, in 1997, he was charged with raping a 13-year-old girl. Having said that, his new movie is iconic, and I love him. And it's just like, oh, wait, what? They ask him, do you deliberately court controversy on Instagram? And he writes, I hate cancel culture and political correctness. I'm a Democrat, but I dislike liberals who hurl abuse at Trump supporters or jump onto the bandwagon of the latest fashionable cause. So Mm -hmm. he He says, I support Me Too, but I loathe people who are blind to its minor flaws. So there's lots of things going on here with this guy. He is a real uh, free thinker. He's giving free thinker vibes. He's giving free thinker. (laughs) Does this make James – is this a hooey or a themmy thing? I would argue this is themmy. Like, this is not hooey. It's not. Being like a grade A bitch at a restaurant when you're a famous person is actually quite themmy. You know? Being a grade A bitch at a restaurant. Right? I think it's both hooey and themmy to be a grade A bitch at a restaurant. But the response to this is... He's themmy. themmy. <laughs> and James Corden is undeniably a them. And I think he does like pretty themmy... I don't know. I don't think he does really hooey things. He's he's pretty much a them. Keith McNally and his staff at all, so all of their restaurants have probably dealt with cruel, Wait, unruly yeah. celebrities of all levels. But I feel mm-hmm. like the only time you would publicly sort of dump on a celebrity like this is if they are famous enough to you so like if they are them you are going to instagram about it and also the reaction to this makes it themmy to me because it's like i don't think anyone would have cared as much as we did for like the hot 12 hours this post was up until there was an apology unless it was somebody truly themmy yes because you scroll down even further, he's defending Woody Allen in July, and he's like, he got away with yeah, it. Yeah, this like, guy is not, he, he's not <clears throat> an angel. Shame on you, There's Hollywood. Like, we know that right. Dylan wasn't sexually abused. I feel like I sh- that's horrible to even say out loud. I'm quoting him. But that's what he thinks. And I feel like that's important context because I feel like he got upset because he realized that he was participating in cancel culture in a way to him. And I think he was like, oh, fuck, I've become the yeah. person I hate. I have to take this back, even though I really hate James Corden. I cannot be one who cancels. I couldn't possibly cancel. So Keith McNally, definitely a who. James Corden, he's a them. Yeah, we got to go on. We need some more who's in this episode. I feel like we talked about thems. Then let's talk about a who. Hi, BLT. Long time, long time. Um, I'm pretty sure your guys are going to talk about this anyway. Um, This Academy Museum Gala that um, like literally everyone was at and obviously the Haley Bieber Selena Gomez viral moments that went out but I'm looking through like the attendees tons of them a few who's the one who that keeps sticking out because she's like on the lead for Variety and was accompanied by her director Luca call me by your name I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name um, is Taylor Russell um, and I know like vaguely who she is because of the upcoming movie with Tim but can you kind of give more background on her? I'm curious uh, what she's been in and if she's, you know, got the potential to be a them after this. Um, but yeah, tell us more about Taylor Russell, and I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this gala because, like, literally, who wasn't here? It's like celebrities I feel like I haven't seen since the Met Gala. Like, so good mix. I wonder how what they talked about. 
anyway, uh, Crunch Crunch, a me in me underneath the Dave Matthews poop bridge. Good eye. The Academy Museum Gala, they got like everyone to go. That was incredible. And they made $10 million for that museum. It's crazy that the Academy of Mo- Museum of Motion Pictures is like not a flop. Like it's actually like a thing. I know people have been going and been liking it for the most part, but it is just like crazy to, to me that it's like not a sideshow. <laughs> it's like a real. Our friend Steven went and he was like sending us photos from the Academy Museum. We were like, that's so fun. I want to go. How was it? Did you get the photo with an Oscar? You have to pay extra to get the photo with an Oscar, which I was very surprised by. But also, I'd pay it. I'd pay it. He also said when he was there, there were like empty rooms. Like clearly they're still like (laughs) raising money to put stuff in the rooms. The building obviously is beautiful, but like they're still figuring out what goes along with the Barbra Streisand Bridge, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So again, this is the place where the Barbra Streisand Bridge is. Thank you for reminding the audience of this. They had a gala this week in which extremely themy, 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 themy people they came. Honored, I think it's because they honored Tilda Swinton and they honored yeah. Steve McQueen and they honored Julia Roberts. It was Tilda Swinton, Steve McQueen, and Mikey Lee who they honored yeah. at the oh, event. Yeah. And then uh-huh. Julia Roberts got something called the Icon Award, which is iconic, which is also all these Icon Awards are always, you'll notice, tied to promotions of things. And Tickets to Paradise is coming out. So that's of a great course. time to give Julia Roberts an Icon Award. Julia hasn't been seen for a year and all of a sudden now she's promoting. So she's everywhere, which mm-hmm. I love. I love it. This was also the event where we had this iconic photo of Selena and Haley conveniently hugging and embracing oh, and posing oh, together. Might be very convenient considering mm-hmm. what has happened over the past like week or so, right? I mean, she her her call me daddy. I almost like call me maybe her call me daddy appearance. You know, call her daddy. Call her daddy. <laughs> call her daddy. <laughs> Also there, Taylor Russell with her date, Luca Guaranino, because they're doing a a movie together or like he did a movie and she's in it. Uh Uh-huh. She's the star. Mia Goth was there. There's a photo of Mia Goth and Taylor Russell like kind of shoulder hugging in a way that's like, oh, two it girlies. I feel like they're very similar it girlies. But if you search Taylor Russell and you kind of look around to see, like, what's the impact this girly has had, it's, like, a lot of fashion, actually, first. Like, she is an actress. She has been in stuff. She's most probably known for, like, the scary movie Escape Room franchise. She's in both of them. I'd say also Waves was sort of slept on. Right. Waves is an amazing movie that she's in. A24. And she's she's BFF with her co-star. What's her face? Lexa Demi, Lexa Demi. from uh, Euphoria. And they're both fashion girlies. So I think their impact post-Waves is as big as Waves' impact. Yes. And also she is the star. She's one of the kids, one of the Robinson kids in Lost in Space, which I watched the, the entire first season of and really liked it. Uh, Josh finished the entire thing and That's he liked it. Great. So, I mean, <laughs> okay. it was a good show. Molly Parker, love Molly Parker. You know, love Parker Posey was kind of the villain in it, which was a lot of fun. You're getting a lot of headlines that's like, Taylor Russell is like a fashion, a budding fashion star. Taylor mm-hmm. Russell graduates to fashion's it girl. It feels honestly very Zendaya. It feels mm-hmm. very, we're positioning this girl to be like a real fashion head who like loves wearing like a daring, you know, Alexander McQueen's new season, like whatever it is, leather dress with like your your butt, your butt kind of hanging out mm-hmm. in a good way, in a fashion way, you know? Yes. Designers want to dress her and directors want to work with her. Exactly. She's like slayed in Scaparelli, Balenciaga, Lowe and Prada. Like there, people are clamoring to dress her. This is not a thing where you're not deeply in touch with 
like all the fat all the designers and you probably have a stylist who's also like deeply in touch with the designers Mm-hmm. All of her interviews are like very artful and she talks at length about like her inspiration. She talks at length about the things that make you a celebrity. Like by the time we get around to the finer points of how to use reishi mushroom powder, it would not be an exaggeration to say that Taylor visibly lights up, breaking into a mm-hmm. joy-filled smile that only gets bigger and brighter as we start talking about her favorite ingestible beauty products, which include pearl powder, sea moss gel, moon juices, collagen protect. That Taylor has carefully curated holistic wellness regimen is no surprise, especially given how she approaches those she chooses to surround herself with on the outside. Like, I I love Los this Angeles. vibe. It's giving Los Angeles. I love this yeah. vibe from an up-and-coming girly. You know, she also played Lark Voorhees in the unauthorized Saved by the Bell story TV movie in 2014. She played like Lisa a, Turtle. Incredible. I feel like that was a very good, that's a good credit. And now she's in this movie with Timmy called Bones and All, which is about, I don't know, cannibals. cannibals. They're in love, but it's also Young like adult romantic. Cannibals. It's giving mm-hmm. Heathers. It's giving, uh, you know, what's that? What's the... Oh my God! It's giving what? Uh, what's the movie you compared Halloween ends to? Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers. It seems really dark. I can't really tell the tone because I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen the trailer. But it's Luca, and Timmy, and this woman Taylor Russell are young, like literally fine young cannibals, is what they are. So oh my that's God, what it's about. Band. And they great eat. Band. Humans, and apparently that causes drama, which I am not surprised by. That's what cannibalism is. <laughs> Let's move on. And do you have a message as to why people should see this film? Sexy cannibal story. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I just wanted to share this from Rolling Stone by way of my Instagram algorithm. Marshmallow's latest collab isn't a remix, it's an exclusive air fryer. The Grammy-nominated artist is remixing your kitchen counter with Crux to drop a Best Buy exclusive mellow-themed air fryer. Um, sounds pretty crispy and crunchy to me. Crunch, crunch. This is really funny. We almost talked about a piece of Spawn that ended up just being kind of boring because it's a good song. Kaliuchi's released a piece of Sprite Spawn that wasn't like Kaliuchi's singing about Sprite. It's not quite spi- Sprite Spawn. I don't think, I think well, that's what a I huge mean. difference between the, the song, Spawn songs we've been talking about and this one, which is literally just Sprite has like this series with young artists where they're like the Sprite, like turn it up series, like Kaliu, you know, like just like different artists who are young and like cool and hip and they just like make little movies about them which is not what we're talking about we were about to talk about it and then we were like this isn't funny because it's just a good song that kelly uchi's released that happens to be like released by sprite limelight this is the spawn that's funny dj marshmallow releasing an air fryer that's shaped like his dumb marshmallow helmet you know like this this is fun spawn this is a perfect collaboration it's so stupid this guy has a cooking show already that he was doing before this and his stupid head looks like an air fryer air fryer is the ugliest kitchen appliance to ever exist let's be real like no nothing that has come before the air fryer has been as ugly as the air fryer they look like his helmet they look like his mask your your air fryer is a chic color it's like that it's like that chic millennial green. I gotta. I hide it now, dude. I hide it on top of the fridge. I just think it's so ugly. Like there's just there's nothing chic about it. You know what I mean? Wait, this, can I tell this story? What? Someone, Lindsay had a party at her apartment, and someone came by and was like, "Hey, can I use your kettle? I want to boil oh. some water." And Lindsay thought it was weird. Now I'm imagining someone being like, "Hey, do you mind if I use your air fryer?" 
hey, I just want to heat up these chicken nugs. Can I use your air fryer? I noticed it was out. I'm sorry. It is weird that somebody wanted to boil water at my party. I'm like, no, you can't boil water. I said, use the microwave if you want to like heat up some water. It's true. You don't want someone turning on gas while you're at a party. That. It's dangerous. I don't want that. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> so hey, can I use your kettle? Lindsay was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> no, I love that you did that. You would have said yes. You would have said, let me heat you. You would have said yes. And then I would have Then you would have gone it. and done it. And it would have just been like such a crazy thing to do. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, so if someone had said, hey, can I use your air fryer? Would you have said yes? No, I wouldn't have said yes. That party was too big. Yeah, but what if they brought those really good, um, those meatless nuggets, the fake meat oh, nuggets? So good. I I buy those so often now. I'm always eating meatless nuggets. They're so they're good. So I'm like, good. what are these made out of? What are these made out of? I don't want to know what they're made out of. Okay, so DJ I love Marshmallow. My air fryer. What I'm disappointed I want this. by. Should I get this marshmallow no. air fryer? Okay. What I'm disappointed by, sure? Lindsay, use are your sure? oven. An air fryer is an oven. I don't <laughs> use, use my your oven. oven. Or I don't get, like using my get, oven. Okay, here's my PSA to people. Don't buy an air fryer. Buy a fucking nice toaster oven. They're better. No, no. I disagree with that. An air fryer can be used as an oven and as a toaster. It's a perfect device. It's great for your countertop. If you have a small kitchen. I hate air fryers, and I will never change no, that position. Wrong. The you're point wrong. is, I'm, I think these air fryers are a little chicer than the average air fryer. They're still ugly because they are air fryers. I think it's a missed opportunity for them not to have the DJ Marshmallow like eyes and mouth on them. Even though they still sort of look like well, the DJ look Marshmallow like face. Yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. get one. I need to upgrade mine. I've been using it a lot and I need to upgrade it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're, like, you're so mad. So DJ Marshmallow cooks on Cooking with Marshmallow like in his mask. It's good branding. I will say like this matches it so well because this guy is a silly cook. It's a silly co- partnership and it looks like the mask. And he does have like a little show where he doesn't talk and he cooks with like Paula Abdul. Cooking with Marshmallow, how to make a- acai bowls featuring Paula Abdul. He didn't develop this Cooking with Marshmallow show so that he could get this air fryer thing. Like he started doing this before the pandemic. Like he started cooking no, with Marshmallow four or five years ago and he'd have Shay Mitchell on he'd like he said Paula Abdul on you know like he did this before it was monetized we know who Marshmallow is he's not a secret anymore although I did accidentally put a picture of Tiesto in here he's not Tiesto Mm -hmm. there's been a few gags that are like oh it's Marshmallow but he's just this guy named Chris who like basically everyone knows because a long time ago on Billboard somebody was like I'm gonna go through all of his song credits and see like what the names are and like there was one name that was on all of his songs and it made sense that it was him it was Chris Comstock Shout out to Natalie Robamed for doing the work and being like, um, I know who this guy is. His mm-hmm. name's Chris. And she was right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Marshmallow song? Isn't there one called Happier? Yeah. Yeah. I think I like it. I don't know. I really don't know. I like the one with Selena Wolves. Oh, I've heard that one. Yeah, I don't I like really that one. know a lot of his songs. He's kind of he's a he's one of those like DJ, you know he's like always featuring you know. Mm-hmm. He is always featuring. I bet I'll like his air fryer more than I like his music. You know. <laughs> okay, we can end with that. That's a perfect place to end. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. Um, Marin Morris is on the cover of Pickleball magazine saying, "Pickleball is life." Is this the hooiest thing to ever happen with Marin Morris? Um, live in the Vita laptop, crunch, crunch, goodbye. I think Maren Morris is a who, but a country them, like a huge country them. Do you think she's an actual them? I kind of think not, despite how big the middle was. It's kind of hard 
Because I think also she's a little bit hooey, which like kind of drags her down to being a who. That sounds negative. But like she's like accessible in a way that I feel like them. Like she's it's not. Th- she's like kind of like a. Like I almost feel like Casey Musgraves used to be accessible and now she's like definitely not accessible anymore. No. And Maren Morris still kind of has that like kind of accessibility. But maybe that's just like why she's a great country star because she feels like, you know, like you could be her friend. Mm-hmm. You know? This cover of Pickleball Magazine with Mara Morris on the cover. They did her dirty. <laughs> they could have taken like a better photo. <laughs> it looks like it's from a fake magazine from a really bad television show. Can I just read the headlines on Pickleball Magazine, yeah. the September-October 22 issue? Yeah. Headline, Pickleball in the middle. While on tour, country pop phenom Maren Morris and her band play pickleball between concerts. And then the other stories in this episode, in this issue, are NFL legend <laughs> Drew Brees takes ownership role in Major League Pickleball. The other one, oh, women in the business of pickleball. And then, finally, how to hit an effective slice of serve. Pickleball's hot. Pickleball's hot. I know. Did you read the whole story about that? The pickleball oh, yeah. drama that's happening in Manhattan? I did. I did. It's so funny. Pickleball it's is so funny. tennis, but not, but closer, but different. Did you read the profile about Bar- Marin Morris in the Pickleball magazine? Because yeah. it was like really funny. Did you read that the only reason this exists is because they saw the tweet from her and they were like, yes. hey, Marin, can we profile you? And she was like, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. They saw a tweet from her talking about how her and her crew like play pickleball like before and after shows or something. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, can we profile you? And then it turned out the profile was extremely boring because it's like, that's her pickleball story. That's it. She plays pickleball. In on door, it's really short. It's really, well, you can you tell know, that this was this was taken. A phone call. It looked a like a thirty-minute phone, phone call for sure. I've done them. She got some nice photos out of it. The photos that are actually online are better than the cover photo, which is very weird to me. Yeah. But Pickleball Magazine does exist. It's a it's the official publication of USA Pickleball, as far as I can tell. It's definitely like buzzy and more than buzzy. Like people definitely know what it is. My mom plays it. Like they love it. Is it a them? <sighs> it. It kind of might be edging on them, but it also kind of might be a trend is what I'm saying. Like, Mm -hmm. it feels very trendy, you know? Mm -hmm. I just don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I've never played it. Maybe if I played it, I'd have a different feeling, but it feels very niche. It feels very hooey. Coming up soon, they're doing a pickleball special for charity on TV hosted by Stephen Colbert and starring none other than Emma Watson, Tignataro. June Diane Raphael, Kelly Rowland, John Michael Higgins, Daniel Day Kim. Was Maren Morris not available? Like, no one called her. Mar- they got enough out of Maren Morris. <laughs> I searched Emma Watson pickleball, and there are photos of her playing pickleball in Ibiza. <laughs> I'm looking at the Pickleball Magazine Instagram, and, okay, yeah. I've changed my tune. Proof that Maren Morris is a who is that she's on the cover of Pickleball Magazine. I think that's enough. <laughs> I think that's, like, all you need to say. Next time you go home, you're going to see a copy of Pickleball Magazine on your parents' like, coffee I'm table. I like, what is this? I'm going to be like, oh, they're going to be like, we love Maren Morris. I'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> but I do think it's hooey. I think this is a who magazine. This is a who sport. This is it a is. hooey thing. It Until is. I, I just, that's where I it's am. Okay. That's okay. where I am. Fine. All right. Okay. Uh, let's play some rapid fire things. Hi, Who Weekly, medium time, first time. I just saw Danielle Fischel at Costco like five minutes ago, and she was wearing a Jack Harlow t-shirt. So I guess we have an answer to the age-old question, does Topanga know who Jack Harlow is? But do we have an answer now to the question of does Jack Harlow know who Topanga is? Okay, thank you. Promising young, promising young woman, woman. Jack Harlow is 24 years old. 
I have a feeling he's too young to be in the boy meets world horny for Topanga age range. Me too. I don't think he knows her. Like, I don't think he watched Boy Meets World. I Mm-mm. think you only watched Boy Meets World if you were a certain specific age range. Bobby, mm-hmm. what did you say on the Spotify live show this week? You're like, I watched every episode of Boy Meets World, but didn't like any of them. I <laughs> never liked it. I never liked, liked it once. You like watched the whole show, but like with anger. <laughs> like it didn't make me angry, but I was like, it didn't, it didn't take. It like never gave me any sort of delight. <laughs> but you still watched them. Like <laughs> you were it was like, all that I'm was there. Tuning in, I'm tuning in for like this show that's on TV and like, I'm just going to sit here for an hour and not enjoy it. It's like we didn't have like beyond very standard cable. So it was just like, okay, well, these are my options. TGIF. <laughs> like I have to watch Full House. I have to watch Boy Meets World. I have to watch that. Remember the one show TGIF about the- was so good. Remember the short-lived TGIF show that I was actually sort of obsessed with because it was like vaguely gay, but not really about the guy Why? who dies because he eats the expired sandwich and then he haunts his friend as a ghost. And so it's about- Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, the what? Epi- the first episode of the show, it's like two it boy, it's two boy best friends. I'm trying to remember what it's called. Two boy best friends. And one of the boys goes over to the other boy's house for a sleepover and he finds a really old sandwich under the bed. And then he's like, don't eat the sandwich. It's been Stop. there for a long time. And then he eats Stop. the sandwich and then he dies. Stop. And then he exists Stop. as a ghost for the rest of the series. As And the only person who can see him is the best friend. There's something Wait. very gay about it. I liked it. Wait, Best what show friend, is this? Sandwich Angel TGIF. It was one season. <laughs> Teen Angel. It was called Teen Angel. <laughs> Why was that hard for me to think of? No. Teen Angel follows a high school boy, Steve Beauchamp, and his recently deceased best it friend, shows Marty how, it shows how Oh, it's a hamburger, not a for... sandwich. Well, a hamburger is a sandwich. How, like, it shows how much you needed like gay content as a kid that you were like, this show is gay. <laughs> it's like he gets... <laughs> Look at the promo image for this. This is a gay show. Send it to me. That's a gay, that's a gay show. Send it to me. Oh my God, you're right. Tony Kushner was the showrunner. Tony Kushner no, was the showrunner. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so anyway, I just didn't like Boy Meets World. I feel like there's no way Jack Carlo knows who Danielle Fischel is. No, I don't think so. I just I just think it's like maybe he's met like the actress Danielle Fischel once or something at a party, but like he's not like Topanga Head. That's just not it. Yeah. And not to bring up darkness, Lindsay. Not to bring up darkness. Bring it up. What? Never forget to never to Topang- forget that Topanga's husband is the shrimp guy. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> what happened to Jensen Carp and those yeah. fucking shrimp and the cinnamon toast crunch? I don't we know, never heard from it, him uh, again. It all backfired. What happened there? Yeah. What's going on? We never found out. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, and Timmy. I truly cannot believe this is the first time I'm calling in, and this is the reason I'm calling in. But um, just for background, I'm American, and my husband is Canadian, so this may very well be a a Canadian-them-American-who situation. Um, But we uh, are sort of – we've reached an impasse because he is insistent that everybody knows who someone named Nardwar is. Um, I had never seen this man before in my life. Um, when I Googled him, uh, as my friend described it, it was a bit of a jump scare, um, just <laughs> in terms of like the, the outfit that this guy's wearing. But according to my husband, he is extremely well known as a, I guess, like music interviewer. Um, he has a catchphrase. Again, he's got this like very iconic look. Um, I have never heard of him in my life. Um, and so, I was just hoping that you could clear up whether or not he is indeed a who, a them, a, maybe a nah. Um, 
like who who is Nardwar? Uh thank you, promising young, promising young woman woman. What is he like the Gen X version of like Zane Lowe or something? Like he what you know what I mean? Like he's I have no idea who this is. Oh, you don't? No, I've oh, never I heard do. of this person in my entire life. Oh, you've never, I've never seen, seen him? This... Nope. Never. Oh. Never. He's like a music interview. He he talks to musicians and he has been doing it for an extremely long time. And there's kind of like he's got a lot of cred in that. But he's kind of like a kooky guy. Did you mm-hmm. look up a And he was a musician first? I don't know. I don't know his history. I just I've seen the interviews. And okay. I know there's like a there's kind of a kind of a story around him or something, but I don't know what it is. John Ruskin, born July 5th, 1968, better known as Nardwar or Nardwar the Human Serviette, is a Canadian interview and musician from Vancouver. He's the lead singer and keyboarder for the Evaporators. I've never heard of this person. I've never seen this person. Fine. If you say he's a Canadian, then go for it. But I, this is a not for me. I think he's me. a who. He's a who, though. You think he's a who? Mm-hmm. In the United States? Yeah, definitely. In in music circles, like everyone knows who this guy is. Not to be like, I'm in music circles, but... Well, I guess I'm not I'm in a music circle. Don't. I'm surprised you don't. If you're surprised, then I'm surprised. But okay, fine. He's a who. I trust you. I trust you. And that's why this podcast works. He's got like a <laughs> he's got like a funky hat. Everyone knows his hat, you know? He's the thing. Oh, I see why he came up because Maddie from 1975 shouted him out on the Chicken Chop Date show. Okay, oh, there you, you go. Oh, you love the 1975. I still haven't listened to that album. S- don't get me started. Hey, BLP, um, can y'all rank who to them a yolk-only omelet, a special salad dressing, and a groni spagliato, and whatever Jamie Lynn Spears showed on her Instagram story the other day? All right, crunch, crunch, bye. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay, we're going to rank from who to them, but this is just food of the week. Like, this is literally, like, limited time offer for who to them. Yeah. All of these things will be Nas in, like, one minute, okay? What was that food that Jamie Lynn Spears posted? It was, <laughs> she was just like, look at this meal that I cooked. It's just, that's the whoiest <laughs> one, is Jamie Lynn Spears being like, look at this meal that I cooked. And just, like, a plate of food. Okay. That's so, the whoiest one. And then who to them, it goes, Jamie Lynn Spears' food, the yolk-only omelet. Oh, you think that's who we are then the you were okay, special fine. salad dressing after she posted that heartburn page, which we will talk about on Patreon, <sighs> not here. Okay. Okay, I think it goes fine, Jamie Lynn fine. Spears, look at this food that I cook. James Corden's wife's yolk only omelet. Olivia sure. Wilde's special mm, yeah, Olivia Wilde's special salad dressing, special salad and, dressing. Then and then the Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco. Emmy Dar- Emma Darcy's Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco. Yes. I think that's it. I guess, yeah. Although it feels weird because some of these are hooier and themier than others, but in terms of like the foods themselves and the impact they made, you're God. Kidding. Now I'm not sure if the heartburn cell. This caller called in before Olivia Wilde posted the recipe from the heartburn book. Yeah, it, it, she dragged it out. She made it. She she was like, I'm involved in this now. Yeah. Or like I'm extra involved in this. Very strange. And again, this is a Patreon conversation, but I have to believe. If the two of them have good representation, Olivia's lawyer called her the moment after she posted that and was like, Olivia, I told you not to say anything. Yeah, take <laughs> please. that down. Olivia, Olivia, I know that it's just a photo Olivia. from the book, but please, Olivia, please, I told Olivia. you not to post. How much of a lawyer's life, a celebrity lawyer's life is being like, I told you not to post. I mean, <laughs> just I, please I don't post. I can't imagine being a lawyer for a celebrity in this day and age. It's like literally landmines all over the place. No. And we don't normally do this, but we're going to end with this. Okay? We got an email from a friend, Zoe, who wanted to wish her mom, Debbie, a happy birthday. 
So here we are. Happy birthday, Debbie. Zoe's mom, Debbie. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> Debbie. Crunch, crunch. Okay. And we'll see you on Tuesday with another episode of Who Weekly. Keep calling in at 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns for this, our wonderful Who's There call-in show. Thank you to Katie and Eric of The Who's for providing our Rita theme song on Tuesdays. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant for researching and editorializing. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for bonus episodes, commentary tracks. Uh, we did a listening party for Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen's new, like, dueling albums last night because it was so funny. And that was, I presume, a lot of oh, fun. We haven't me. done it yet. I have to take a nap. <laughs> You yeah. have to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, we did it from midnight to about 1.30, nightmare. Yeah, you can also get the audio only if you just want to subscribe through your Apple Podcasts app. It's very easy to subscribe just through there. Pay with Apple Pay or whatever makes it very easy. What else is there to say? I think that's it. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Hey. Hey. Best friend sandwich angel TGIF. Hi, Who Weekly. Um, just had to pause the pod. I'm only like five minutes in. <laughs> so just had to pause the pod because you were talking about um, Bobby mentioned sending something into Dumois and being vetted by them and not like getting anything posted by Dumois. That reminded me of, um, man, not this fucking car alarm going off. I'm sitting in the parking lot about to go to class right now, Boo College. Um, but so there's this singer I like called Chapel Roan is her name. Um, and she did this TikTok live. Her music is definitely not for everyone, but I would call her like kind of an up and coming indie pop girly. Um, she's doing this TikTok live. She's really funny. Um, and it was just like her and her friend like shit talking, um, while they were like crafting something on TikTok live. And she was like, Oh my God, everybody on this live, you need to go like message Dumois something about me. And then somehow they started talking about Charlie Puth. And so they were like, okay, everyone on this live message Dumois and say that you saw like a curly haired mystery woman making out with Charlie Puth at this like whatever one club in LA, this like one specific club that apparently he goes to a lot. And she was like, everybody go message Dumois. So obviously, because I am a girl's girl, I messaged Dumois and was like, oh, my God, I saw Charlie Puth making out with this girl. Um, and the chapel was like, okay, to make it believable, some of you have to say my name and some of you have to act like you don't know who I am. So a bunch of us messaged Dumois and she never answered back. And I'm about to get cut off, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's the story of us being vetted by Dumois. Um, because she could tell that all these people messaging saying we saw Chapel Roan making out with Charlie Puth in L.A., she could tell we were lying. Um, but anyway, crunch, crunch, live in La Vida laptop, Tim Tebow lesbian. Bye. Um, calling the regular line is calling Lindsay. I'm calling the VIP line is calling Bobby. So I'm calling Lindsay. Um new litmus test is that when Bobby said he wanted to listen to the cure, did you immediately know it was Lady Gaga or are you straight? Thanks. Um, punch, punch. Hi, this is not like a question or a comment or anything really, but, um, the other day, uh, my, my boyfriend was like, oh, hey, do you want to watch Megan on SNL. 
And I sat up and was like, M. Thregan was on SNL. Her impact has been so immediate. Okay, crunch, crunch. Hey, Lindsay Bobby. So on the stage show, when you were talking about Elsa Pataki's Daily Mail article about her tattoo, you mentioned that there was a typo and that it hadn't been corrected yet. I don't know how true this is, but I heard from a friend who has a friend that works in the Daily Mail, you know, blah, blah, blah. And apparently, like, they're not allowed to go back and, like, fix articles unless, like, I don't know, maybe someone calls. I have to go. I'm really high. I can't even say what I'm trying to say. Basically, they're tied to their desks, and they can't go back and fix things, um, like typos and stuff, so it's just there. Um, so I think that's why Daily Mail has so many, has so much messes. Oh, I got to stop. Okay. Bye. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby, Timmy. I am a very long-time caller, um, long-time listener. My mom's... Um, work had a silent auction tonight and somebody donated a signed poster of Lucy Hale and I just felt like you guys needed to know about it. It was valued at $85 and when I last checked, um, the highest bid was $55. So, not bad. Um, Lucy Hale, obvious who this isn't really a question, just like I needed other people to know about this. Um, crunch, crunch. I don't know. I've always thought I'd have a better sign off than me and Grace, but here we are. Hey, Who Weekly. Hi, Bobby Lindsay and Timmy, too. Um, I just listened to the most recent episode and I bought corn nuts. Um, tonight and I ate them and they were really good um I'm in bed now and I brushed my teeth so I can't crunch for you but like thank you for talking about corn nuts on the show as for as long as you did because I really enjoyed eating them they were delicious crunch crunch